0: In this episode of the Sailing Doodles podcast, it's another Ask Me Anything where I answer all the questions from my patrons. Welcome to the Sailing Doodles podcast where we talk to all sorts of people in the sailing and boating community. It's available wherever you get your audio podcasts and on YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com sailingdoodles Okay, and uh, so basically the way this works is I asked my patrons on a patrons post, Uh, so patrons is kind of like, it's like a subscription service uh, to the channel, right? I mean, they get extra videos, they get early content, they get to ask questions, they get access to our tracker and stuff like that, and one of the perks is that they can ask me anything, so this is the May edition of Ask Me Anything. I've got, you know, four pages printed off here, Um, I haven't even looked at them, so, uh, you know, I don't know how long this will take me to get through, but if it gets too long, I'll probably cut it off, but uh, you know. For now, we will get through with the questions. So uh, the first question is from Andrew Sick. How how do you know the lovely ladies that were on your journey, like Amanda and Taylor? Um, well, uh, I met Amanda when I was in New York last October. Um, and it was, well, I was actually through the her her business Eternal Floor, but I met I met with her while I was there. Um, so Eternal Floor with Amanda, she has her own um. Uh, eternal like a flower like a, you've probably seen an ad in one of the videos eternal and you can they're like uh, the the flowers that are uh, uh, they stay they stay treated with like a, a what do they call it? A glycerin or something like that and it'll last for a year so pretty cool stuff there and then Taylor uh, she actually started her own YouTube channel a while back and so I saw that and reached out to her and said hey you know um I need crew would you like to come along you know uh, so I uh, uh, Megan was uh, just a friend of mine, friend of a friend, really. I mean, I knew her a little bit. I didn't know her too well. Uh, Laura and I uh, met when we were in on season one, um, when we were down in the Virgin Islands. So uh, that's how I knew her. And then I guess Megan, came, or Laura, came, Taylor came after that. Gee, sorry. I'm trying to see. Uh, I say, uh, you know, a lot of comments have been like, and uh, 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 I'm working on it. So it's hard to do when you're sitting here talking to yourself for an hour you know not having you knows and us in there but i'm working on it so hopefully that answered that other question andrew next question is from uh larry bridgewater um can you address how you handle security in general and what makes you feel safe personally and belongings i'm not a boat owner yet and maybe it's not as big a concern for everyday sailor i love your videos yeah i mean it can be a concern by the way uh cheers guys let me crack open a brewski here um so I that's that's a, a pretty commonly asked question. It's not so bad. Basically just choose your cruising area. Like places like the Bahamas are very generally safe, um except for certain areas, right? You get outside of Nassau and stuff like that. But when you're out in the other like the the remote islands it's very safe. Most people don't even lock up their dinghies at night or anything like that. Now then you can get in and so like if you're near in a place like nassau or something like that then you probably do want to maybe lock up your dinghy at night here and i'm in st martin currently i do lock up my dinghy every night um it's a brand new dinghy and it's you know kind of a nice one so that would be uh somebody might steal some i very rarely do you ever hear of people like their boat getting boarded and like like robbed or or uh, burgled um it doesn't happen, for, it, it, mostly it depends on where you're cruising. You try to avoid the areas that are pretty dangerous. And if you're in a dangerous area, take the extra precautions. You know, when you're. In a island, remote island, there's nobody else around. It's generally pretty safe. You don't have to worry about it. But if you're in a big metropolitan area, you have to worry about it more. And it's also cruising grounds. Like, you know, down near Venezuela, you don't want to go down there. The Philippines, I hear, is real bad right now. And certain, certain, you know, certain areas in the Caribbean are, are worse than others. I mean, I know people that were robbed in the Dominican Republic. They're, they had their boat uh, boarded while they weren't there and had a lot of stuff stolen. Um, I don't really hear of too many, like, uh, what would it be? like physical crimes is mostly just theft and that and, mo- and the theft kind of stuff is mostly just like dinghies and all that and a lot of that, who knows if it's really okay, did you come home and have a few drinks and not tie up the dinghy well or did somebody come steal it, you know what what, what happened, you know so it's safety is not a concern I do have a key, I lock up the boat whenever I'm going to be leaving uh, for more than just a little bit but, you know, just be common sense and it's mostly about where you're cruising That's that's the thing I'd say any plan to go to the Northeast again this year? Montauk and Newport are really great destinations. No. Uh, don't really have any plans yet for this summer. I haven't really decided. I think if Europe opens up, I may try to go. Uh, I've been working with a charter company there that, that would offer me some boats in exchange for you know promotion on the, on the channel. So I'd like to do that. Uh, I'm going to put my boat away for hurricane season. And get back to it uh, in October and uh, go sailing again down here in the Caribbean uh, for next season. So I've got I'm really not having planning on having this boat put away until uh, July, July first. Uh, technically, it depends on your insurance. Some 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 insurance companies say June first. Some some say July first for the start of hurricane season. Mine actually doesn't require me to leave the hurricane box because it's at my insurance is based out of Puerto Rico. But you know it, that's what it is. So no 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 plans for that this year. Uh, that was uh, Michael Dumont, if I don't remember if I said his name. Uh, so, Chad Hartley, um, how is your pup doing? Um, not great right now. Uh, so, my parents' dog, Jack, is my dog's older brother. He was just unfortunately put down last week. He just... It, he was in a lot of pain from arthritis and could hardly walk. Could Definitely couldn't go upstairs and stuff. And it was just time. You know, he, he really didn't move at all during the day. I mean, he was still... You Know he wanted to please, you know, and I mean, that's what they, they, they hide their pain because they want to make you happy and all that. Um, obviously, Maverick passed away last year, and Goose is not doing so well. On I mean, he's kind of had a battle with um pancreatitis off and on for a while. Uh, so and my mom, I just talked to her today, and she he said she said that he is not eating again, so they're taking him to the vet today to get looked at. Hopefully, they can rehab them uh if it's if things are going downhill i'll probably you know maybe go home this week to hopefully i don't have to handle things like that but man i mean that's that's the toughest that's that's a tough thing about having dogs man they're they're great such sweet animals but you know they live too short and you gotta you know i've know how many dogs i've buried like literally uh a few so anyway it's a sad thing i hope he does all right but we'll see how he does um, and we'll get the report hopefully next couple days, and then you know I might be heading home next week too to deal with some stuff um so we'll see eric uh Rimkite says hi bobby wondering how often you recognize when cruising or at marinas is it a common occurrence given your amount of subscribers do you typically have a good uh, amount of social invites maybe someone wanted each spot you visit it's been quite often honestly uh, uh <laughs> like down here in the virgin islands well i'm in st martin now but even here in st martin or the virgin islands if i'm yeah, I mean it's almost daily. It's kind of it's it's who knew it become a thing, um, and it is. I mean it is nice. You do get you do get lots of uh, um, you know good invites to social occasions and stuff like that, and you know I, I take them up on some 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 or not. You know it just depends. But it's uh, yeah, it is pretty amazing that it happens quite often now. Um, so it, it mostly like what is going on up there? The wind's going crazy up there. Sorry if you hear some banging. There's a pretty windy day today here. But it is kind of nice. It's very flattering and all that. So um, interesting, though. It's fun. Uh, it, it only, it mostly happens in like areas, uh, boating areas, you know, marinas, or maybe in you know a lot where 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 there's boating is really prevalent. Although it is weird, Some, you know, one time it was in the middle of Tennessee at a at the Chattanooga Airport, and he's like hey Bobby do whatever so anyway interesting um, so Scott Young asks we travel to St. Martin every year since the French side is closed I'm assuming you are on Easter Bay or Phillips Bay Phillipsburg or Simpson Bay what has been your favorite establishments during this leg of your trip and uh, what beach is your favorite there are so many beaches to choose from um, haven't done any beaches yet down here because um, my friends got here they were here for one day my friends helped me get the boat down here they were here for one day and then they left and so I've been here five days basically by myself just kind of chilling you know i mean because I, I haven't been able to do that lately i've been editing and catching up on work and stuff like that and then like hanging out but i'm, I'm actually in Colbe, um so it's on the it's on the dutch side for sure because you can it's ridiculous you can check in on the dutch side but not the french side but once you checked in on the dutch side you can go anywhere on the whole island, you can't take your boat over to the French side, but you can go in a car. Um, anyway, and it is what it is. Uh, but Col and there's so many fun places to do around here. There's actually a really good like cruisers net here. Uh, not cruisers net, like radio net, but cruisers. You know, cruisers community. Uh, you know, there's a happy hour every day, and it's so much cheaper here than the Virgin Islands. Oh my gosh! I mean, like, like there's uh, the the uh, do- soggy dollar bar does uh, dollar beers from like four to six every day. I mean, you're like, wow. Where do you, I mean? Where have you heard of dollar beers? And then like, you know, the marina. I'm, pay, I'm paying 80 cents a foot. I mean, this is like the cheapest marina I've stayed in, maybe ever, like per foot. I mean, so if you have a 40, 40 foot boat, you're paying 30 bucks a night basically to stay in the marina. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, and um, yeah, it's really cheap here. I yeah, I don't know why I spent so much time in the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's really expensive. So my plan is stay here. For the end of the month, and then if the BVI truly does open, I'll swing through the BVI on the way back to um, Puerto Rico, where I'm putting the boat away. Um, uh, Clay v- uh, Vagnini, Vagnini um, uh, asks, "Hey, Bobby, have you ever have you ever solved the uh, multiple build pump failure? When I flew for the Navy, we were taught no such thing as coincidence involving mechanical failures. Uh, the breakers are both still on. Uh, I'm basically going to put it. I do it. it uh, um, there is." Uh, uh, no, other than the breakers were popped. So I'm going to keep an eye on it. It's going to be now on my checklist that whenever I'm underway, every 30 minutes, I'm going to check the breakers to see what's going on. Maybe, you know, it just randomly popped breaker. Maybe one of them was tripped. Uh, maybe one of them was already off. Um, and then the other, I don't know. But it's one of those things I am going to keep an eye on from now on. And so if you didn't know about that, uh, I did a patron-only video um, explaining um, I was having some bilge pump issues, um, and there was a lot of water in the bilge and the engine room, and it kind of concerned me. So that was a patron-only video that got out, so that's another reason our patrons thank you so much. They get kind of cool stuff like that. And then on to James Keating, recommending, um, assuming the same budget... Would you buy the newest boat you can find within range and slowly work minor fixes and upgrades, or buy a much older boat, leaving room in the budget for immediate fixes and upgrades? Honestly, uh, I'd say you're just—I'd say you're better off buying the newest boat um, you can afford that has what you want. Uh, older boats are great; they're beautiful, but and the reason, my main reason for buy the newest boat that you can afford and go is because of the design factors newer boats tend that's a lot better use of space uh, a lot more comfortable you know you, sure my first boat was at 1984 CNC37 but that 37 had very little, very little, you know, usable space inside because it—I mean—it was just an old design, so it didn't carry the beam all the way back, and so you didn't have any aft cabins really, and storage was a very big issue because you know the older boats—I mean, generally speaking—I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of whatever. I mean, I'm sure you'll leave a million comments telling me how wrong I am, but the older boats were generally built more for speed and you know uh more for speed and actual you know maybe ocean passages and stuff like that whereas the newer boats are built more for comfort and cruisability and livability in my opinion so take that take from that what you will okay do you want a really fast boat okay maybe but you're willing to sacrifice space okay you can go with an older boat if you would like but for me Living on the boat is the most important thing. I mean, you need to be able to. You need to be okay. It's nice if you have a good sail, but you're only sailing once a week, maybe. You know what I mean? You had to live on the boat seven days a week, so that's my opinion. Plus, you know, all the systems are older. And yeah, a lot of people say, okay, yeah, but they don't make them like they used to. Stuff breaks down. Yeah, well, I, I don't necessarily believe all that. I mean, it's. I don't know. I my opinion is buy the newest boat that you can afford. So. Uh Keith Beard, Bobby, in regards to buddy boating, do you have one or two friends most of the time, once in a while, or and so forth? It appears Delos has buddy boats most of the time, which seems to be good for unforeseen events. Um, not, not, not really too many buddy boats. I, I've always been on some kind of schedule that I've got to do, you know, and that makes it hard to do, is to find people that are on... That, that's the main thing, is it finding people that are on the same schedule or the same route, you know? Everybody's got... You know, I've got a lot of friends down here in uh, Saint Martin that are sailing right here, right, right now. But half of them are headed to Grenada, half of them are headed somewhere else. So they're going to keep cruising. There's some of them they're going back across to Europe. Uh, you know, it's just it's hard to find people that are on the same path or have the same goals in cruising. And I think you know, I love the pe- I know the people that buddy boat with Delos, and they're great people. But I think a lot of it just like you know they kind of like cruising with Delos, and so they're willing to go wherever Delos goes. So, you know, I mean, they, they've separated at times and gone separate ways, but they always kind of meet up and go back, so I think that's what it is. Jeff Galrup, what's up, man? Uh, do you miss flying? What are your plans after you put the boat on the hard in July, August? I miss flying privately. Like, I, I don't want to work for anybody, again, flying airplanes. I mean, that it was a great job when I had it, but, you know, you're always working for somebody else. It was always... You're always a phone call away from saying, "Hey, you know, get the plane ready. We're going here," and then you're gone for a week, which is, you know, you kind of like selling part of your life. It's just like, okay, this this person that owns this part of a week. I can't go into anything. You could say the same thing with people going to nine to five job, but I don't know. At least you're home every night and stuff like that, or get to do what you want for the most part. Whereas uh, flying professionally, I mean, sure, there's the airlines, but it's nah, nah. I mean, this is my job now. I don't I don't plan on going back professionally um flying i I, eventually i'd like to get my uh, license back and uh you know maybe maybe get an airplane again at some point but i I have no plans for that in the immediate future all right chris mellig uh, any luck getting the garmin share to work shows you in north carolina i did get it to work uh this last week so patrons i posted the link the other day you should have a link uh, where you can do that if you're not a patron you become a patron patreon.com sailing doodles and you can get the link to our live tracker Chris also asks, "Does the price of diesel fluctuate a lot based on location?" Yes, for sure. Uh, do you need Do you need to plan it out to take advantage of the best prices and not get hit with a high cost? Yeah, for sure. Like when I left Puerto Rico, I definitely topped off there because it was pretty cheap there. I think it was. I don't I don't recall, but I want to say this was also in January, February when I topped up in Puerto Rico. I think it was like two fifty a gallon for diesel last time i filled up in st thomas it was 450 a gallon so you know it, it can be pretty pricey i'm not sure what it is here in st martin i don't need to get any for a while um i probably you know it might be one of those things it might be better off just filling up now because the prices are going to keep going up i don't know but yeah i mean on a you know if you can sure try try to tanker as much fuel as you can because you can buy it cheaper Uh, Let's see here. Asmarts asks, uh, what is the average cost, both operational and fixed per month, operating a motorboat versus a sailboat? I mean, most of that's going to be up to you. For me on this boat, I'm guessing it's about $1,000 a month in fuel. Now, and then the rest of it's okay. How much do you want to stay in a marina? How much do you want to eat out? How much do you want to do? I mean, how much are you going to be moving around? You know, um, So... I figure it's about a thousand dollars more a month to do a motor yacht than it would be a sailboat. Is my guess. Maybe not even that much because you're still going to use some fuel on a sailboat. Uh, maybe eight hundred dollars a month more on a motorboat versus a sailboat. I mean, unless you're going to be doing long passages. Like, like I said in my last video, going from St. Thomas to St. Martin, that was about a thousand dollars in fuel. But then I'm going to not really move here for a month, and so I'm going to spend very little on fuel for the next month. So it averages out. You know, I've spent. Fifteen hundred dollars in fuel in two months. Okay, so then it's actually only seven fifty. So, but that's what I would say. It's about eight hundred to thousand dollars a month more to do a motor yacht versus a sailboat, but it's a lot more comfortable, I will say. Chris again asks, how many staterooms do you have? How many people can it sleep comfortably? Uh, three. Well, two real staterooms would have queen size beds in their own bathroom, and then I have one more cabin that has twin bunks, like one above another, and it has its own bathroom as well. So six, really. In the, I mean. I'm not I'm not a fan of people having to sleep on couches. So six people is about it. And then, you know, do you really want to have two people in bunks? I don't know. It depends. So whatever. Chris, uh, again, do you have the ability to make water? Uh, do you, Or do you carry it all? How much can you hold? How long does it last? Uh, I do have a water maker. It's currently inoperable. I've been trying to get parts for a while because it's through sea recovery. But it's hard to get parts from them because it's only a dealership basis thing only. And I've emailed this guy like three times. And I need to email them again, but I do have a way to do it. I carry so this boat would normally carry about I think eight, 180 gallons of water, but it has an extra 100 gallon tank, so about 280 gallons of water. Which uh, for two people, two people being very conservative on water, or three three people being conservative on water, I always we always did about 60 gallons um, uh, a week of water. So, you know, with 280 gallons, I can go over a month without needing water. But, I mean, if you're going to be washing clothes and all that, probably the biggest thing that uses uh, water on this boat is the washing machine. It uses a lot of water. It's an older washing machine, not very efficient. And then washing dishes uses just a ton of water. So if you really want to save on water or you got, don't have a water maker, then, you know, you can pre-wrench with salt water and then wash and then rinse with fresh water. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, about so when we were doing crossing the Pacific, we averaged 60 gallons a week per three people. Um, let's see. Where are we? Thanks for the awesome videos. I'm seriously leaning towards the Bobby White retirement plan. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, good for you. Alright, Robert Johnson. Hey Bobby, just checking to see if you like the white sunglasses thing. On all your glasses and your videos the white barcode stickers appear to be new. What is the secret uh, for washing or maintaining the new sticker look? Uh, Because they are very cheap sunglasses. I don't have any with me at the moment. They're over there, but I can't reach them. Uh, But I buy them on Amazon. Uh, They're about $12 a piece and I buy like six of them at a time. And so like about every three weeks the lenses get scratched up and whatever and I just chunk them or they start to rust so that you're seeing multiple of the same sunglasses so that's why uh titanium uh now that you've been making videos some time what is your go-to camera and what would you recommend for solid entry level Uh, the go-to is the lumix gh5 with the 12 by 60 leica lens it's a bit pricey and a bit heavy uh that's a uh but the the picture quality is good. That's what this camera. Is. That's what both of these cameras are. They're both Lumix GH5s with the 12 by 60 uh, Leica lens. Actually, that's a G9. That's a GH5. Same camera. One's mainly for stills, and then the other one is mainly for video. But whatever. Uh, and then, um, but there is one. The one I buy. It's the GX. The Lumix G. I think it's the GX85 or the G85. I think it's the GX85. It has a. It's a lot cheaper. Um, and it comes with a 12 by 60 not the same like a lens, and, but it is a pretty good entry level. I'd, I'd recommend that one. It's about, with the kit and every, with the lens and all that, it's about six or $700, which is pretty decent for a, and it does pretty well. That's what Taylor uses. I bought her that camera uh, a long time ago. So uh, I would recommend that. And then the GoPros, you got to use those. The GoPros are so annoying, though. They always, uh, they, they'll quit working a lot. Um. So that's really annoying. They'll just freeze up. I haven't tried the uh, Osmo action, but I maybe they're a little better. I'm not sure. So, okay. OC, how is learning Spanish going? Yeah, I'm not doing a stop. And are you still using Pimblers? I was using Pimblers. It was an app. I liked it, but I really haven't been working on Spanish lately because I'm not I'm no longer in Puerto Rico. I know I should, but yeah, I just haven't. I need to get back to it. So, Jeff Saxton, having now had some time on a powerboat, do you have a pref- personal preference, power or sail? I think it really depends on what you want to do with the boat. I mean, that's the main thing. Uh, if we're just cruising around the Bahamas or the Caribbean, I, I think powerboat's the way to go. I mean, maybe even a power cat, something like that. Those are really expensive, though. But if you're going to be crossing oceans, you need a sailboat for that. So if you want to go long haul, around the world, sailboat. If you're just going to do regional cruising, powerboat. So. All right. Forrest Stewart, uh, what do you do if you get sick and need a doctor? You may have answered this, for, so I apologize if you have. Uh-oh, my other camera locked up, so now I'm stuck on this camera. Sorry, guys. Um, hopefully that one doesn't lock up, too, but whatever. All right. Um, I, you know, I do have... Uh, you, what I would definitely recommend is getting the Dan insurance it's a uh, diver I don't know Dan just look up Dan travel insurance they'll rescue you from wherever you are like if you're if you need to be airlifted out they'll do it it's really cheap too. it's like two or three hundred dollars a year and then I have uh, a global health insurance it was pretty cheap too for a year I, I think my premium was like 600 bucks I have like a seven thousand dollar deductible on it but you know if I have a major incident I'm covered uh, when you're actually down here in the islands I mean You know, they have doctors and stuff. I mean, you're not going to get the latest technology and and all that. But, I mean, if you're feeling sick, you can go get a doctor, and they're generally pretty cheap. Um, So it's not too bad. Uh, Now, I mean, it's just one of those things you got to be willing to – I mean – I, okay well i went home a couple of weeks ago mainly just to get a physical I, I went and got i went to the cooper clinic and got a full physical and you know they did uh, the stress test took my blood did all that stuff did a skin scan skin cancer screening and all that so preempt preemptive stuff i think was the way to go and uh yeah i mean it's uh you know it is maybe you know if you sit there, if, if, if the worst happens you have a heart attack somewhere well yeah it's gonna be a lot longer to you get help but It's just a risk you're going to have to take if you want to come down and live this lifestyle. All right. Michelle asks, uh, keep wearing the white sunglasses where you see yourself in five years. What would make you happy? I honestly don't know. Thank you so much, though, Michelle. I don't know. I haven't really put too much thought into it. I'd like to get back into the Pacific Ocean next year. I'll probably cruise on this boat until this time next year and then maybe sell this boat and then reevaluate what i want to do in the pacific do i want to cross the oceans uh you know so at that point i might need to get to a catamaran sailboat or something like that i don't know and and in five years who knows um yeah i mean i just keep doing what i'm doing for now i mean i have some ideas but i don't know sean asks what is a typical menu for breakfast lunch and dinner what does your workout program have any has any of that changed since you've gone to the dark side look forward to seeing you sail a cat uh so breakfast, I normally just do like scrambled eggs and bacon, or not at all, or maybe a bagel. I kind of I do at least two or three days a week, week do the the intermittent fasting thing, so like I don't eat till lunch. And then some days I will do I, I scrambled eggs. The key to scrambled eggs, in my opinion, is use a, a generous amount of cream cheese and cook them on a very slow heat and keep constantly stirring, and that'll be amazing. Those, those are my favorite kind of eggs, and I'll do that. Uh, lunch, doing a sandwich or something like that. And generally, I you know, I mean, like last night I cooked a steak on board. But, you know, I'll probably go out to dinner tonight uh, with some friends. Uh, I, You know, it depends on where you are. If you're if you're anchored at some island, uh, then, yeah, I mean, you're cooking all your meals on board. And that can be chicken or steak or, you know, tacos and, you know, fish or something like that. I don't eat a whole lot of fish, but sometimes we do. So it's just uh, you can get pretty much whatever you need down here. It's not too bad. And uh, let's see here, workout program. Uh, I went for a run earlier today. Uh, I'll work out, do weights about every other day. I just have uh, one of those dialing, you know, a kettlebell that you can dial the different weight. So I've, it was, a, and so I can do that and I'll do, you know, just weights with that. And then I have, you know, like the little perfect push up thing and a, a pull up bar and generally just do that kind of stuff. So, and that's about everything. You know, it depends. sometimes I'm more, I'm better about it than others, but. Yeah. Bobby, seriously, how do you feel? well, okay. How do you feel with all the sexual tension around? Uh, these girls you've had on the boat are pretty free spirited and expressive. I would dare say what you don't show probably is insane and would have you booted from YouTube. How do you deal with that long term? Do you want family or is it bachelor life for you? Uh, I mean, there's no sexual tension on the boat. I mean, it's. It, it is what it is. And, yeah, I mean, we don't film everything, especially if, we, if we've had a little too much drink. We definitely don't. We or may, Sometimes we'll film it, and then we're like, I'm not putting that on there. But, uh, no, I mean, everybody's really cool. I mean, there, there's not tension on the boat. It's it's a lot of fun. So I wouldn't say that. Long term, if it happens, it happens. I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm pretty happy right now. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Michael Palmer, interested in hearing your thoughts of the future sale of your powerboat. Do you have a percentage or dollar figure in mind regarding uh, Florida-based sale versus... Uh, Puerto Rico based. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably sell it around this time next spring, so 2022, uh, maybe even as early as March or April. We'll see. I definitely. So this, I saw one of these boats, a uh, same year and very, very, very similar layout. Uh, if somebody, uh, a patron, or was a patron or viewer, I don't remember. Somebody emailed me. A link to it and said, "Hey, I'm pr- I'm thinking about making an offer on this boat. I see it's pretty much exactly like your boat. What do you think?" The only difference between that boat is it didn't have the added on cockpit in the back, so it was a Hatteras 52, but it wasn't extended to 60 feet, so it didn't have the extra 280 gallon fuel tank, and it didn't have the extra 100 gallon water tank, and it didn't have the extra generator. So, and you know, now I've got a pretty nice dinghy on here, um, and that boat was listed for $100,000 more than I paid for mine, and so. I'm thinking I can make 30%, 40% at least on what I paid for this when I sell it in Florida, I hope. Um, and then that would be a pretty good, you know... Well, well i, I got to see what's going on with the catamaran stuff. I'm talking to a manufacturer or two, um, or a manufacturer. We'll see how that works. But, so, yeah. And then, yeah. All right, uh, Bobby, when you provide GPS map for your next destination, the information shows a path would be... Um, Open to? Would you be open to explaining how to read nautical charts? Perhaps reading a nautical chart equates with a roadmap. It's pretty simple. I mean, you just main thing you got to watch for is their depths. Uh, you can get Navionics on your phone, which is basically that's a really good way to plan a route. Uh, Navionics charts for your phone, because then you can just hit chart two. You can put all the information about your boat, like what you draw, what your dra- air draw is, and stuff like that, and then it will route you. To get where you want to go and avoid all the all the shallow water and the bridges that you need to go around stuff like that. So it's kind of a cool tool for that. If you want to like, there, I'm sure there's a lot of. I mean, like I'll I'll try to talk a little more about it, but I'm sure there's a lot of more in-depth um, uh, programs you can watch on YouTube that'll teach you how to watch, uh, read an air aeron- uh, a nautical chart. I almost said aeronautical. That too. All right, Tyler. Uh, hey, Bobby, new patron but a long-time follower. Uh, you may have already addressed this. What does your average operating cost look like for the m- new motor yacht? Insurance payments, um, gas, upkeep, maintenance. So insurance, I'm paying 4,500 a year. So I don't know. That's like you know, is that four, almost almost 400 a month. But I mean, insurance has gone up, has doubled since Maria and and all that. They've they've really gone up. ours I mean, so Irma and all that stuff so uh, and then like I said about a thousand dollars a month in fuel and then really other than that it's it's whatever you want to do uh, upkeep you know I, I'd say you count on another four or five hundred a month something like that so that's about two thousand dollars right there before you get into food and marinas and stuff like that so and that's just really what you want to spend I mean you know on a on a mo I always said on a sailboat you about the cheapest you can operate a sailboat, all in, and this is living really cheap. is about fifteen hundred a month, and that's not going out to restaurants, and that's not having a whole lot of fun. Whereas I think on a sailboat, if you were to spend three hundred or three thousand a month, if you could spend three three to four thousand a month, you're living pretty well at that. Uh, so I mean that's really I mean you say if you'd say four thousand dollars. So by the time you pay for fuel and, and uh, you know, um, insurance and stuff like that, that gives, that gives you $3,000 a month. That's $100 a day to either stay in a marina, go out to eat, go do some stuff. So that's living pretty well. Uh, it, but, I mean, it does add up. Because, I mean, you know, so if say if you stay in a marina, well, that's probably 150 bucks a night right now, right there. So... It takes away from whatever else you can do. But at three to four thousand dollars a month on a sailboat, I think lives a pretty good lifestyle. So basically add a thousand dollars to that, and that's pretty good lifestyle on a motor yacht, four to five thousand dollars a month, in my opinion. Um yeah, you can spend a lot more than that if you want, that's for sure. Uh, let's see here. Smoops, what's up, Smoops Adventures? Uh, have you started kite sailing uh, the dark side? Is it even possible with that boat? Kite sailing, like kite boarding. I've ever considered kite sailing the dark side, like hooking up like uh spinnaker or something. No, <laughs> I have not thought about doing that. Uh, this is a motorboat. And yeah, gosh, this thing weighs so much. It would, yeah, no, I have not. But thank you guys. Um, Sam and Sydney, Bob, how are you doing? Uh, you're looking good on the video. Just checking in with you, but your boat looks like uh, a boat, and the project uh, lists a little longer every day. Even given that you're actually looking more rested, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm pretty happy. I'm not complaining at all. Uh, I don't think it would do any good if I did complain, but you know, yeah, I'm doing all right, man. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, and uh, the jobs haven't been too much on the boat. I mean, I've got another list. I got the disposal quit working. Um, what else is? I got two other. Hang on, I got a list of two or three other things. Uh, the hydraulic steering is not working. Um, I got a guy coming Wednesday to check that out, a hydraulic specialist. So anyway but it's always something it's, it wouldn't matter any boat it's going to be something uh, which three people so Mike asks uh, if you had the opportunity to change a decision or two that you made since you started sailing noodles what would they be man I don't know I don't think I'd change anything I mean it's all worked out whatever whatever I thought was going to be a negative ended up opening the door to a positive so I, hindsight being twenty twenty and all that I'm pretty happy with the way things have worked out so far Mike asks, again, uh, which three people would you consider your dream crew uh, from everyone? Well, I can't say that. I'm not going eh, to i do not want hurt anybody's feelings and stuff like that, but all the crew has been pretty great. Uh, oh, we're getting close. I already answered that one. All right. All right. So the last question, this will be a relatively short one. That's good. Mark asks, uh, what do you think of the safe, safe functional range of the boat is now that you have some hours behind burning dinosaurs? Uh I think 500 miles, five 600 miles is pretty good range on this. Uh, and the, the good thing is is that I don't think I would do anything more than, I mean, it's what, 120 miles would be the longest leg. I think that'd be from, I guess I could do like 300 miles from Dominican Republic to uh, Puerto Rico. I'm not Puerto Rico, from uh, Dominican to the Bahamas. I think it's probably 300 miles from Luperon to long island there and and the bahamas that's probably the longest leg i'd even have to do so yeah I, I like i said this is a regional boat it's not meant for crossing oceans uh you know if you wanted to cross oceans in a powerboat you need a proper trawler and that this is not that although I mean, this has a lot more speed than a trawler but it sacrifices fuel burn you need a good you know this is semi-displacement all you need a you need a a good solid displacement hole trawler you're gonna be a lot slower you're, only, you're not gonna be able to like go 11 knots like i did getting here the other day you're only gonna be doing seven or eight maybe even less but you'd be a lot more fuel efficient so all right well that one was a nice and easy one i didn't even get to my second beer but i uh, thank you guys for tuning in uh it's patreon.com slash sailing doodles if you would like uh to come up with some questions i'll be asking those next month for our patrons to ask questions and i will answer these again and i hope uh it helps you guys uh, kind of learn some stuff and get some get prepared for when you go cruising and I hope you do go cruising. So thanks again guys, and I'll talk to you later.